0: chapter six of gold by stuart edward white this librivox recording is in the public domain the village in the jungle at first there seemed slight chance of getting either the place was crowded beyond its capacity the hotel Francais, a shed and tent sort of combination with a muddy natural floor was jammed the few native huts were crowded many we saw making themselves as comfortable as possible amid their effects out in the open. Some we talked with said they had been there for over a week, unable to move because of lack of transportation. They reported much fever, and in fact we saw one poor shaking wretch, wistful-eyed as a sick dog, braced against a tree all alone. The spirit was drained out of him, and all he wanted was to get back while we were discussing what to do next our muslin-clad ex-padrone who had been paid and shaken by the hand some time since approached smoking a longer cigar than ever this he waved at us in a most debonair and friendly manner bread on the water commented talbot after a short conversation he says we have treated him like a brother and a true comrade in arms which means that i did you fellows Confound your spiteful souls. Wanted to throw him overboard a dozen times. And now he says to follow him and he'll get us a place to stay. Some native pigsty with fleas. I remarked skeptically aside to Johnny. You come begged the padrone with a flash of teeth. We came bearing our household goods because we could nowhere see anyone to bear them for us. At that, we had to leave the heaviest pieces on the beach talbot insisted on lugging his huge bundle of newspapers they may come in handy he answered us vaguely well they're mine and this is my back he countered to johnny's and my impatience with such foolishness the padrone led us through town to the outskirts there we came to a substantial low house of several rooms with a veranda and veritable chimneys the earth in front had been beaten so hard that even the downpour of yesterday had not appreciably softened it. To our summons appeared a very suave and courteous figure, that it appeared of the alcalde of the place. My friend, explained the padrone in English, for our benefit, they good people, they want us stay, got no place to stay. The alcalde, a portly gentleman with side-whiskers and a great deal of dignity, bowed my house is all yours said he thus although arriving late we stopped at the best quarters in the town the sense of obligation to anyone but our boatman was considerably relieved when next day we paid what we owed for our lodging also had it not been for talbot and johnny i am sure yank and i would have taken to the jungle there seemed to be required so much bowing smiling punctiliousness an elaborate complimenting that in a short time I felt myself in the precise mental attitude of a very small monkey shaking the bars of his cage with all four hands, and gibbering in the face of some benign and infinitely superior professor. I fairly ached behind the ears, trying to look sufficiently alert and bland and intelligent. Yank sat stolid, chewed tobacco and spat out of the window which also went far toward stampeding me talbot and johnny however seemed right at home they capped the old gentleman's most elaborate and involved speeches they talked at length and pompously about nothing at all their smiles were rare and sad and lingering not a bit like my imbecile though well meant grinning and they seemed to be able to stick it out until judgment day not until i heard their private language after it was all over did i realize they were not enjoying the occasion thoroughly Towards sunset occurred a welcome break a mob of natives suddenly burst into view from the direction of the town they were running madly led by a very little man and a very big man the two latter rushed up to the edge of the veranda on which we were all sitting and began to talk excitedly both at once what's the row we asked talbot in a breath can't make out yet something about a fight the alcalde commanded order then the matter became clear the very large man and the very little man had had a fight and they had come for justice this much talbot made plain then he chuckled explosively the little man is making his accusation against himself he told us he is charging himself with having assaulted and beaten the other fellow and the big one is charging himself with having licked the little one neither wants to acknowledge that he got licked and each would rather pay a fine and have it entered on the records that he won the fight so much for sheer vanity each had his desire the alcalde with beautiful impartiality fined them both and nonchalantly pocketed the proceeds at dusk millions of fireflies came out the earth grew velvet black and the soft tepid air breathed up from the river lights of the town flickered like larger yellower fireflies through the thin screen of palms and jungle and the various noises subdued by distance mingled with the voices of thousands of insects and a strange booming from the river i thought it very pleasant and wanted to stay out but for some reason we were hailed within there the lamps made the low broad room very hot we sat on real chairs and the stilted exchange resumed i have often wondered whether our host enjoyed it or whether he did it merely from duty and was as heartily bored as the rest of us a half-naked servant glided in to tell us that we were wanted in the next room we found there our good padrone and another a fine tall man dressed very elaborately in short jacket and slit loose trousers all sewn with many silver buttons and ornaments he my friend explained the padrone he have dos mules with the gorgeous individual talbot concluded a bargain he was to furnish us riding animals at ten dollars each per day and agreed to transport our baggage at six dollars a hundredweight. The padrone stood aside, smiling cheerfully. i a very good friend, eh?' Huh? he demanded. "'My son,' said Talbot with feeling, "'you're a gentleman and a scholar. Indeed, I would go farther and designate you as a genuine Lollapaloozer.' The padrone seemed much gratified, but immediately demanded five dollars. This Talbot gave him johnny thought the demand went far toward destroying the value of the padrone's kindness but the rest of us differed i believe this people lazy and dishonest as they are are nevertheless peculiarly susceptible to kindness the man had started by trying to cheat us of our bargain he ended by going out of his way to help us along at supper which was served very shortly we had our first glimpse of the ladies of the establishment. The older was a very dignified, placid, rather fat individual whose chief feature was her shining dark hair. She bowed to us gravely, said a few words in Spanish, and thereafter applied herself with childlike and unfeigned zest to the edibles. The younger, Mercedes by name, was a very sprightly damsel indeed. She too had shining black hair, over which she had flung the most coquettish sort of lace shawl they called a reboza her eyes were large dark and expressive and she constantly used them most provocatively though with every appearance of shyness and modesty her figure too was lithe and rounded and so swathed rather than clothed that every curve was emphasized i suppose this effect was the result of the spanish mode rather than of individual sophistication just as the succession of lazy poses and bendings were the result of a racial feminine instinct rather than of conscious personal coquetry certainly we four red-shirted tramps were poor enough game nevertheless whatever the motive the effect was certainly real enough she was alluring rather than charming with her fan and her ribosa her veiled glances her languorous bold poses and the single red flower in her hair a great deal of this allurement resided in the very fact that no one could tell how much was simple innocent and unconscious instinct and how much was intended an unpleasing note in both women was furnished by the powder this so liberally covered their faces as to conceal the skin beneath a dead matte white Yank and I were kept out of it, or thought we were, by our ignorance of the language. This did not seem to hinder Johnny in the least in five minutes. he was oblivious to everything but his attempts to make himself agreeable by signs and laughing gestures, and to his trials with the help at the unknown language. The girl played up to him well. Talbot was gravely and courteously polite at the close of the meal the women rose suddenly bowed and swept from the room johnny turned back to us a good deal flushed and excited a little bewildered and considerably disappointed the alcalde looked as though nothing unusual were under way the rest of us were considerably amused you'll see her later soothed talbot mockingly johnny gulped down his coffee without reply after the meal we went outside fires had been built on opposite sides of the hard-beaten earth in front of the house four men with guitars sat chairs tilted backed against the veranda thirty or forty people wandered to and fro they were of the usual native class our host's family and one other consisting of parents and three grown children seemed to represent all the aristocracy these better-class guests came to join us on the veranda the older people did not differ greatly from our host and his wife except in cut of masculine whisker or amount of feminine fat the younger members consisted of a young lady tall and graceful a young girl in white and a man of twenty or thereabouts he was most gaudily gotten up for a male creature in a soft white shirt a short braided jacket of blue a wide red tasseled sash and trousers slit from the knees down. The entire costume was sewn at all places, likely and unlikely, with silver buttons. And he was a darkly handsome chap with a small mustache, red lips, and a little flash of teeth. The effect was quite good, but I couldn't care for his style. The bulk of the villagers were dressed in white. The women all carried the ribosa and were thickly powdered. We could see a number of the americans in the background the musician struck up a strummy decided sort of march-like tune and the dancers paired off they performed a the kind of lancer figure very stately and solemn seemingly interminable with scant variation small progressions and mighty little interest to me we sat in a stiff row and shed the compliment of our presence on the scene it was about as inspiring as a visit to a hospital ward. What determined the duration of the affair, I cannot tell you. Whether the musician's fingers gave out, or the dancer's legs, or the official audience's patience, but at last they ceased. At the beginning of another tune, of much the same solemn character, our young visitor bowed ceremoniously to our host's daughter and led her down the steps. Come on, Johnny, be a sport dance this one said talbot rising don't know how replied johnny gloomily his eyes on the receding figure of mercedes the lady will show you come along talbot bowed gravely to the young girl who arose enchanted johnny with his natural grace and courtesy offered his arm to the other she took it with a faintly aloof and indifferent smile and descended the steps with him she did not look toward him nor did she vouchsafe him a word plainly she was not interested but stood idly flirting with her fan her eyes fixed upon the distance the dance began it was another of the same general character as the first the couples advanced and retreated swung slowly about each other ducked and passed beneath each other's arms all to the stately strumming of the guitars they kept on doing these things johnny and talbot soon got hold of the sequence of events and did them too at first johnny was gloomy and distrait then after he had in the changes of the dance passed mercedes a few times he began to wake up i could make out in the firelight only the shapes of their figures and the whiteness of their faces but i could see that she lingered a moment in Johnny's formal embrace that she flirted against him in passing, and I could guess that her eyes were on duty. When they returned to the veranda, Johnny was chipper, the visitor darkly frowning, Mercedes animated, and the other girl still faintly and aloofly smiling. The fandango went on for an hour, and the rivalry between Johnny and the young Spaniard grew in intensity certainly mercedes did nothing to modify it the scene became more animated and more interesting a slow gliding waltz was danced and several posturing stomping dances in which the partners advanced and receded toward and from each other bending and swaying and holding aloft their arms it was very pretty and graceful and captivating and to my unsophisticated mind a trifle suggestive though that thought was probably the result of my training and the novelty of the sight. It must be remembered that many people see harm in our round dances simply because they have not become sufficiently accustomed to them to realize that the position of the performers is meaninglessly conventional. Similarly, the various rather daring poses of some of these Spanish dances probably have become so conventionalized by numberless repetitions along the formal requirements of the dance that their possible significance has been long since forgotten. The apparently deliberate luring of the man by the woman exists solely in the mind of some such alien spectator as myself. I was philosophical enough to say these things to myself, but Johnny was not. He saw mercedes languishing into the eyes of his rival, half fleeing provocatively, her glances sparkling bending and swaying her body in allurement finally in the finale of the dance melting into her partner's arms as though in surrender he could not realize that these were formal and established measures for a dance he was too blinded to see that the partner separated quite calmly and sauntered nonchalantly toward the veranda the man rolling a paper cigarro the woman flirting idly her fan. His eyes glowing dully. He stared straight before him, a spot of color mounted on his cheekbones. With an exclamation Talbot Ward arose swiftly but quietly and moved down the veranda, motioning me to follow. He bent over Johnny's chair. "'I want to speak to you a moment,' he said in a low voice. Johnny looked up at him a moment defiantly talbot stood above him inflexibly waiting with a muttered exclamation johnny finally arose from his chair ward grasped his arm and drew him through the wandering natives past a fringe of american spectators and down the hard moonlit path to the village johnny jerked his arm loose and stopped short well sir he demanded his head high you are on your way to california said ward and you are stopping here over one night the girl is pretty and graceful, with much charm, but uneducated and quite empty-headed. I will thank you to leave all young ladies out of this discussion, broke in Johnny hotly. The young lady is the whole of this discussion and cannot be left out. Then we will abandon the discussion. Also, said Talbot Ward irrelevantly, did you notice how fat all their mothers are? We were wandering forward slowly. Again Johnny stopped i must tell you, sir, that I consider my affairs none of your business, sir, and that I resent any interference with them, he said with heat. All right, Johnny replied talbot sadly. I am not going to try to advise you. Only I wanted to call your attention to all the elements of the situation which you probably had forgotten. I will repeat, and then I am done. She is nothing to you. She is beneath you. You are stopping here but one day she is charming but ignorant and her mother is very fat now go have your fool fight for that is what you are headed straight for if you think it at all worth while johnny's generous heart must have been smiting him sorely now that his heat and excitement had had time to cool a little he followed us a few steps irresolutely we came to the large tree by the wayside the man with fever still sat there Miserably indifferent to his surroundings. Here, this won't do, cried Talbot. He mustn't be allowed to sit there all night. He'll catch a chill, sure. My friend, give us your arm. We'll find you some sort of a bunk. The man was dead. We carried him to the village and raised a number of our compatriots. No one knew who the man might be, nor even where his belongings had been stored. He had no mark of identification on his person. After a diligent search, we were forced to give it up, the body we buried with all reverence at the edge of the jungle. I wanted to place the matter on an official footing by notifying the alcalde, but Talbot negatived this. I know this people, said he. Once let the news of the man's death get abroad, and it's good goodbye to any chance of finding his effects tomorrow and that's our only show to identify him. Best say nothing. We returned slowly to the Alcaldes' house. The Fandango was still in progress. Mercedes flashed her bright eyes at Johnny as we mounted the steps. The Spaniard scowled and muttered an imprecation. Johnny bowed gravely and passed into the house. We told Yank the circumstances. Poor devil, said I, like the rest of us, he was so full of hope so short time ago. Ward nodded. And his death was so unnecessary, so utterly and completely useless. I don't know, spoke up Talbot musingly. It seems us unnecessary, but who can tell? And useless, I don't know. If we hadn't happened to stumble upon that poor chap just then, Johnny Fairfax might be in his fix right this minute. And Johnny Fairfax seems to me likely to prove a very valuable citizen and what did the blame critter mean by that yank asked me later End of chapter six